Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week we got the Dolphins turning up to two and zero. The Hurricanes stumble in Collins Station, and that Triple G Canelo fight was a snooze fest. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Never lost. Oh, 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 oh boy. Never lost. The hype is real. Um hype is real. The hype is getting And real. I'm not talking about sports. I'm talking about this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Papa. We're 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 starting to get into a different stratosphere here. You know what I mean? And um it's taking off. So yeah. if you're not along for the ride yet, that's on you. Because we've been telling you to tell a friend to tell a friend, so it's about time. Um but yeah, man, we're we're definitely kicking off and Shit, this is going to be a, an exciting episode, right? We had a oh, huge yeah. win um, Sunday versus a very good opponent in the Baltimore Ravens, right? Formidable, some would say. You know, it depends who you ask, right? It depends who you ask. But definitely a tough game for the for the Dolphins and a game that had a lot of expectations behind it. And the way that the game started, man, it, it, it kind of wasn't living up to those expectations for the Dolphins fans, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, we we definitely uh, recap this on our OnlyFans. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. Check that out. Um, you know, we talked about uh, the good, the bad, the ugly on there, which we will be doing every week throughout the season. Um, and somebody asked us recently, you know, are you guys going to do this for the losses? And <laughs> I only got one answer for that. Of course. I don't know yet because we're just winning. We're just winning right now. So you know? we'll find out. Whenever we do lose, it could be this Sunday coming up against the Bills. Maybe. But for another six days, uh, we are victorious. And we're currently on top of the AFC East. That's, abso- that, right? that, that's absolutely accurate, 2-0. man. 2-0. Um, we're talking about the big victory between, uh, like I said, like we were talking about the Dolphins and the Ravens, 42-38. to The Dolphins scored 42 points Crazy. in a game. After, in which they had to come back. After having, what, we had 21 points. or We had 24 the week one, was right. it? Um, we had a, I know we had a touchdown on offense from um, Tua to Waddle that week one game. And then we also had a defensive touchdown. And then I think we had a special teams touchdown. Right. Um, this week, it was all offense. I mean, don't get me wrong. Defense, we definitely saw the resurgence and the resilience of, right. of our defense in the second half. But to your credit, you know, yeah, they, we did start off real sloppy this game on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, and we were able to just turn it around. Terrible, 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 terrible start. Um, First play of the game. Yeah. Kickoff return for 103 yards to for a touchdown. And it's like, wow. Um, deflating. Deflating, right? Especially on the road. And it's like, well, shit. <laughs> now now you got to come back and answer that, right? And, and really and did come. We? And absolutely not. Quick little three and out. <laughs> three and out, bro. Quick little three and out. And punt the ball. And the Ravens came right back down, controlled the ball for the rest of the quarter. We literally. St- they the they had like quarter. a 10 or some 10 minute possession or something like that. But we were able to stop them at the end. Correct. Where they weren't able to come up with points, right? Yes. They, we had a fourth and goal situation, uh, a third and goal situation where we stopped them, right? Uh, we stopped Lamar Jackson short of the of the goal. Even though they had called a touchdown, they reviewed the tape and they saw that his knee was down. And then on that fourth and goal critical play, 
you know, Lamar Jackson looked like he fumbled the snap, tried to move too quick on the quarterback's sneak, and he lost it. D-line blew it up. Chris Wilkins blew it up. And there you go. Turnover on downs. Dolphins get the ball inside their own five, and it's time to, to get a drive going, right? And ultimately, that first drive didn't really turn into anything. But we saw in the, in the second quarter, uh, Waddle connect with Tua and have that nice touchdown. What would you think of that that performance so far in, in the game when you saw Waddle really start to pop off? Because he had like three or four catches before he caught that first touchdown. Um, I mean, he looked great. He looked like he was picking up where he left off last game, last season. Waddle is a go-to guy. I think he had 19 targets yep. yesterday's game. Yep. Um, that's that's a that's a high volume of targets, man. Stiger. And he had 13 catches to show for that, right? Was it yeah. 13, I think, in the end? He ended up with thir- uh, 11 catches for okay, 11. 171 yards. And Tyreek Hill, who we haven't mentioned yet, right? He ended up with 11 catches and 190 yards. Both of those guys with two long Historic touch- days. Two touchdowns and two bomb touchdowns, right? Right. Waddles was 59 yards. Tyreek Hill was 60 yards. And that, that type of offensive explosiveness... Like, we haven't seen it, bro, for a real, real, real long time. And in the game itself, like, after Waddle had that touchdown, Baltimore came right back and scored that big play touchdown. Literally had two plays or three plays, and they caught that guy. Uh, I think it was um, Bateman, 75, 70-something yard touchdown. Immediately (laughs) Right after after the touchdown. Another deflating Sequence of events. It was super deflating because then the next uh, Dolphins possession, right, was when Tua had that interception where it hits the wide receiver's hands, it gets bobbled up in the air, and uh, Williams, the DB, made an incredible catch in order yeah. to keep the ball from hitting the ground, right? Clutch play on his part. Clutch play on his part and got the interception, and then, boom, Baltimore comes right back down the field. Mark Andrews with a one-yard touchdown pass, and now... Hey, shout-out to Mark Andrews. Yeah, he's on your fantasy team, huh? Maybe. And then Maybe. he scores a touchdown. They go up 21-7. to Again, Dolphins get the ball back. Can't do nothing with the ball. And another good drive by the Ravens to score, and at halftime, we're heading into the third quarter down 28-7. That's when things were looking really bleak because even myself as a Dolphins fan, I was like, man, I've never seen Tua come back. I've never seen this Dolphins team come back. And now our offense can't get going. Our defense isn't playing well. Special teams is a joke right now. How the hell are we going to win this game? You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody was thinking the same thing in the third quarter, right? <clears throat> I, I didn't think it was completely out of reaches yet. What was the score going into the half? 28-7. to seven. You know, it's I a three-touchdown lead, Three-possession game. Um, with two quarters of football, you, know, you got a whole half of football to play. So, and we had the ball, I think, right to start the game. So that was like, all right, we know we gotta we gotta score here on this opening drive and close it to two possessions. And then now the defense needs to step it up. Why? We had a couple plays, man. There was one play on that on that Bateman touchdown, a seventy five yarder. Yeah, who was covering him one on one? I think it was Needham. No, it wasn't, unfortunately. Oh, it was Howard. It was our boy Xavier Howard. Man. Had a rough day out there. Well, it wasn't necessarily just his fault. Because he, you know, as a corner, right, you're on the line, you're playing the slot guy, you, you should have some sort of help over the top, you would think, right? Yeah. Who's supposed to be back there helping him out? Jones. Nope, not in this case. Who was back there? <clears throat> it was our, our other boy, Javon. <sighs> Javon Holland was, to, you know, to his credit, he was dead eyes, like, locked with Mark Andrews. And that's a big target out there, I know. And, and that's know probably his assignment, ones. too. That's probably his assignment. But I look back at that play, and I saw that, he, you know, he just kind of stayed flat-footed and looking at Andrews as the play developed and didn't keep his eyes on Lamar. Yeah. And, you know, didn't see that the play was going to Bateman. 
by the time that Howard, you know, realized what was going on with that slant, Bateman had the ball in his hands and he was already, he already had him beat. And like I said, um, Javon Holland was flat footed, couldn't turn around and get there in time. So that was a mistake that we didn't see them repeat right. in the second, in the in the second, second half. half. Yeah, and that was crucial to the victory, man. We needed to step up on both sides. Absolutely. And look, you, you mentioned something, right, where we needed to come out and score on, in a touchdown, not a field goal, a yes. touchdown to yep. give ourselves a real good shot of trying to get ourselves back into this game. And that's exactly what we had, a 12-play, 75-yard drive with um, the touchdown going to, I think it was Gasecki with the amazing catch back there. Right, he jumped up. Literally, was pretty much above the field goal post. Grabbed it, brought it down, got both feet in, and scored one of the most acrobatic touchdowns that I've seen. I wish him score as a dolphin. I wish we could see what the vertical leap was on that. Right, that, like bro, that sports he got up there, dog. Yeah, exactly. Like the breakdown on that. Yeah, Yo, bro. he got up there. Bro. He got up there, man. And like he's a big a, dude. Two or three high, but it seemed like, and you look at the plans, like, yeah, like maybe it was a little too high, but he needed to throw it there so that he was the only one that could grab that ball. Yeah. And and guess like he made the play to, you know, get a shot him out too, bro, because there's been a lot of questions around him and, yep. and you know, what, what he's good for. I know he got they got a jab out, you know, on the broadcast, whoever the announcer was, I can't remember now, but he was like, yeah, he's, you know, he's a good pass catcher. He's not much of a blocker, though. And it's like, you know, we've been talking about, is he going to get traded? What's his future look like as a Dolphin? He's right. franchise tagged right now. Yep. Um, and, you know, seeing that is something that's like, that's the guy you want to have in the tight end position, bro. That guy's going to make that play in the end zone when you need it. And you know what? You got to make the most of his abilities, right? If he's a really good pass catcher, then put him in pass catching situations. Don't ask him to be great at exactly. something that he's not great at. Ask him to be great at something he is great at. Go out there, make the big plays, make the big catches, and be a big target for Tua, right? Because we don't have that many big targets. Um, Waddle's not the biggest guy. Tyreek Hill's not the biggest guy. Cedric Wilson is not that huge of a guy. Biggest guy that we have probably on that in the, on that roster from a receiving standpoint is Gasecki. So mm-hmm. having that guy out there that who has that ability to jump, body somebody, create space, and come down with it, that's valuable. Yo, but let me tell you something though. Go ahead, Tyreek Hill might and be, I, and might I be the smallest. The guy. Receiver we have, but that dude plays so big, dude. It's crazy how big Tyreek plays. Dog. That guy plays like he's six six. You feel me? Like four hundred pounds. What, my height, our height, like yeah. five ten, five eleven. Small dude, but he's yoked. not small. I mean, he's you yoked. know, he's for no, NFL, NFL standards, standards. You're a small dude, bro. But bro, he plays like you said, dog. Like he's six four, six six, four hundred pounds. It's crazy, which is nuts. And that uh, guy's on our team. Yeah, and you know what? I I want to shout this moment out. Right, right after we scored that touchdown, I felt like the momentum shift in the game when we stopped them on their their first drive. Of their of the second half, we forced them to punt, and even though we didn't do nothing with the ball right after that, we we kind of showed them like, hey, our defense is starting to step up. We're starting to get to Lamar, and we're starting to really make it hard for them to run on us, which they did abandon running the ball in the second half. But after our punt, they come back, score a big play touchdown yet again, where we see a breakdown in the secondary. But then we saw the comeback start to take shape. Right, uh, we had a touchdown. In a seven-play, 75-yard drive, like I said, Carcraft. Um, Am I saying this guy's name right? Yeah, I was, I'm glad you Who mentioned Who the hell is that he, guy? That helps nobody, bro, <laughs> literally. But Who is that guy? That, that's how many touchdowns to a throw through that everybody caught one. You had <laughs> both the receivers have multiple touchdowns. You had your tight end, and then you also had the backup tight end. The backup tight One of the backup tight ends. He's like the third or the fourth tight end on our right. roster. And then that's, again, that's where it started to turn around for the Dolphins. Another stop, right? Uh, Baltimore is forced to punt. We get the ball back. Six, five plays, 60 yards. 
Next thing you know, we see a deep pass from Tua to Tyreek Hill for a touchdown. Yep. And that guy's throwing up the deuces. Mm-hmm. Once he's throwing up the deuces, you know where that ball's going, Papo. End zone. He was so impressive that game because he was battling cramps, which is weird for somebody who's in such physical condition, good shape like he is. I heard it was a hot one in Baltimore. But it was hot out there, man. You know, it was hot out there. Thankfully, we were wearing our, our white uniforms. Um, but it just looked like he he showed what it is to be a gamer, right? And say, yo, I'm the number one guy here. I got paid to be here. I'm going to keep grinding because we need to win this game. And the only way that we can win this game is that me being on the field. Now, all credit to Jalen Waddle because when Tyreek Hill did step out, Jalen Waddle stepped up. Yeah. And I feel like this dude is turning into a number one B guy in front of our eyes, which is crazy <laughs> to say that because when we drafted him, it was a lot of, oh, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and maybe we got the wrong guy. We didn't get Kyle Pitts. I admit I was part of that club. Now Waddle's looking like he is the real deal, and he's putting up big games next to a big-time receiver. You know? It's not like he's just riding the coattails. No, he's going out there and and putting up the production. They had a historic day together. This was the first time in NFL history. I don't know if I'm going to – I'm probably going to butcher this stat line, but first time in NFL history where a receiver duo on the same team puts up 10 catches each, minimum 150 yards, and two touchdowns. It's never been done in the NFL. It's wild. It's wild. And and the fact that we're seeing it from the Miami Dolphins, dog. Yeah, our 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 Miami Dolphins is like really wild. You know, and and man, I don't want to say that I'm I'm all in on the Dolphins, right? Like a lot of people are. I'm still holding back to be like, okay, show me some more. Show me sure. some, that that little bit of adversity you still came early through in the season. Right. Got to face Buffalo coming up. Right. Tough schedule. But doing things like this does really impress me because this is things that things that playoff teams do. Right. They win big games. They win games on the road when they're behind. And they're like, well, we can't afford to step to lose a step here in the AFC. Saw the Patriots win. We saw the Jets win. We got the Bills playing Tennessee tonight while, while we record like. This is an important game to keep pace in the AFC East and in the AFC general. For the Dolphins to go out there and win that game and come back fashion, man, crazy. And then, again, another first punt. We had a touchdown from from <clears throat> Tua finding Tyreek Hill again for his second touchdown. Blown coverage. Mm-hmm. Call it what you want, but Tua recognized that it happened. He recognized that he has his guy, his main target, on a one-on-one situation and said, hey, Here's a little float pass. Go get it, kid. Now, let me tell you the most important throw that Tua made. That was the pass to Jalen Waddle for the touchdown to win the game. The last touchdown. The, yeah, the last touchdown. And I say that because, yeah, obviously, you know, it, it put us ahead to win the game. But it was a do-or-die situation. A lot of pressure, right, to win the game. A lot of pressure being put on Tua's shoulder by the coaching staff, by uh, everybody on the team to say, yo, we're looking at you to win us this game. Right. And there, that's always the debate. Can Tua's win us football games? He won us a football game on Sunday. You know, can he continue to do that? I don't know. I don't want to say yes based off just one time performance. But he won us that game yesterday because that's a difficult throw to make. We, we ran down the clock. Right. To make sure that we didn't leave enough time for Baltimore to try to come back and get close to score a touchdown or have a Hail Mary or whatnot. And then, again, burn the timeouts. Burn the timeouts to get to that one position where it's like, we're not kicking a field goal here. We're going for the six. And he made that throw. Put it in a 
tough position, only where Waddle can go up and get it. And guess what? Waddle, again, making that big play with that connection with Tua and, and the vibe that those guys have together. What a big touchdown throw for no, Tua. No, it was huge. It was huge. Uh, I, I've said it for a long time, man. You know, I've been defending this kid, and, you know, he's my QB. He, he's the right. guy that I'm, I'm all QB in for. One. Yeah, he's my QB1, man. Like, I, the, the, you know, he's done everything that he's been asked to do. You know, he he, he got he had a really bad injury coming out of college. Yeah. Um, you know, that set him back literally a couple years. And in that, those couple years, he had to deal with uh, getting drafted. Uh, dealing with his first, you know, his rookie season with question marks around, you know, his health. Playing behind pandemic, somebody. Playing behind somebody, you know, getting hurt in his sophomore season early on, second game of the season, you know, still still rallying and, and having, you know, a winning record and, and not getting any kind of credit, you know. And it's like I, I know, you know, now is the healthiest he's been. This is the best offensive system that he's been in, the most – you know, electric Dynamic. players, you know, that you can put around him, that you can surround him with. And that was all that he needed because that kid is a winner. Going back before he got hurt, he's always been a winner. His days in Hawaii, his days at Bama, and that's what he is, bro. He's a, you said he's a gamer. Right. And he's had that. And now he has all the tools, and we're seeing what is, is possible in Tua time. Say what you want about Tua, right? And maybe people don't believe 100%. But like I said, it's very very impressive to come from behind and win in the NFL. That shit is not easy to do. On the road. On the road. Add to that. And then add to that a, a, a playoff team that you know that Baltimore at the end of the day is going to be in the playoff race, if yeah. not leading the playoff. And so who was the last team that knocked us out of the playoffs? It was the Baltimore Ravens. Hmm. Wow. Look at that. And this is the second impressive win that Tua has on these guys. We beat them last year or the year before, and then we win again like – on Sunday, I don't know, man. It was a very impressive win. Obviously, Tua put up a historic performance. Those six touchdowns tied for the most in Dolphins history in a game with Bob Greasy and Dan Marino. Anytime, anytime that your name is mentioned with yep. those two guys in Dolphins history, oh, yeah. you know you did some shit special, right? It's not like a regular day. So for all those Tua haters, like today's not your day to celebrate. You got to sit this one out and and really a cre- cre- give credit to the man and say, yo, Tua's won us that game and did his thing. Hey, he's also the leading uh, passer in the NFL through two games. Yeah, man. And look. got to wait. There's still a couple games tonight. But as of right now, he, he is the leading passer. He is. And just in terms a, of yards. The fact that he can end up in top five or top three is, is super impressive. And, and something that I was listening today on the radio up in Baltimore, more specifically 105.7, the fan, you know, you hear the Baltimore fans complaining that the, the stadium wasn't loud enough and, like, the fans weren't really into it, you know. Um, they were even talking about, like, the pass rush and how ineffective it was against the Dolphins. And I'm just thinking to myself, yo, nobody's really crediting the O-line because the O-line really played well and kept Tua standing up with plenty of time in the third and fourth quarter for him to make those throws and to find those receivers, you know, because he made some impressive throws to get first downs, to move the chains, to get eight yards on a, on a second down. Oh, we got a penalty. We got pushed back. Damn. All right, let's get this other one, get it in half. And that's exactly what Tua did. He, I felt like this was really his best performance as a Miami Dolphin, you know, yeah. straight up. Yeah, Obviously absolutely. the numbers stay that, but if you look at the smaller details and you go back and, and, and watch that game, you're going to see how many important throws he made on, on third down. And as a f- on those third downs, efficiency, we were 7 of 11. 
very good, especially in crunch time. You know, two fourth down plays that we both got. Um, did we run the ball as much or were we great at it? No. But we're still committed to that. We're seeing that the carries are, are starting to increase. I think we'll see more of that moving And the forward. O-line is getting better at blocking, too. I felt like there yeah. was a, a lot of impressive holes out there, right? And we saw Armstead do his thing. The center's doing good. Um, Eichenberg is just solid, and, consistent. And not a lot of penalties from that group either. Very big, you know, where you're not setting yourself back all these all, all the time. Um, um, it was an impressive win, man. No, man, and, and something else I just wanted to know that I was looking at here, time of possession for the Finns. Yes. 34 minutes, 47 seconds, almost 35 minutes. Call it 35. Keeping for Lamar Ravens, Jackson on the bench. 25 minutes, and they had one drive alone in the first half. That was about 10 minutes or so. So let's look at it this way, right? It was a really bad day for the defense. Usually the defense... Comes up and provides the lead or the foundation. I wouldn't foundation. say it was a really bad day. I would because we know that this defense can play much better. To allow 38 points, that's not their style. And in the manner that they did it, right? We gave up a, a kickoff for a touchdown. We gave up two bombs for a touchdowns. Like, those things yeah, but, don't usually don't but, happen to but us. But credit to Martin. Shout out Martin, our for boy sure. on OnlyFans. Facts. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you check that out. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he, he said it, you know, it, best. It, this was, you know... Uh, the defense did their job and looked great Crunch in time. the second half. Crunch time. Why? Because the first half, they allowed 28 points. Went into the locker room, got their shit together, and they only allowed 10 points the rest of the game on, on that same Lamar Jackson squad. Right. And one of them that's, was a broken coverage that led to the bomb and touchdown. Correct. So that that's a big, you know, and there, and there was though the plays were bang-bang plays, right? The right. kick return, the, the Lamar run, the Devin Duvernay breakdown. Those are three t- scores right there that were just one play. They didn't really grind those out and kind Correct. of move those and eat up clock on us. And in the second half, when we needed them, they they provided the stop that allowed Tua to come back out there and lead that comeback. For so, sure. you know, I wouldn't say it was a terrible day. It obviously could have been better in the first half. But right. at the end of the day, we got the result that we wanted from them to get the, get, no, uh, they, the victory. They made the stops when they counted. You know, we saw that. Uh, we talked about it on the show, OnlyFans, that um, – Chris Wilkins had a big day. Eight total mm, tackles, bro. six solo tackles, Easy. two for a loss. This dude is not the biggest guy, but the amount of pressure that All he over creates is, is just immense. That he's able to push back and get in there every single time into the backfield. Uh, and I also got to shout out Melvin Gordon. I saw that dude make some big plays. No, he had Melvin, a, Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram, excuse me. He, I saw him make some big plays. He had that one penalty on the face mask. I was like, come on, bro. You know, you just got beat. Let him beat you. We yeah, know we got him. Yeah. And that kind of killed us, but other than that, he had a lot of pressures, a lot of containment of Lamar Jackson. Now, back to Wilkins, though. There was one play where Lamar broke, and Wilkins caught up and tackled him from behind. Chased his ass, dog. Chased his ass down. Didn't give up on the play. It's a big boy. And, and to, to chase down Lamar, like, you know, like he wasn't going to catch him if it was a straight line, but the fact that there was still a mad scramble and, like, Lamar had to cut on that cutback, he was in the right place, right time, got the tackle on him. That was one of the eight. So, but he doesn't give up. That no, Power Ranger does not give up. And he's a hell of an athlete. He slept yeah. on as far as that. That's why I said, like, the impact that he has on that D-line, man, is such a... a underestimated effort dog you know what i mean that guy's killed it um and and good shout out there with the time of possession too it shows how much we were able to control the game in the second half and keep lamar on the bench i'd be curious to see what the breakdown was between halves i don't have that i wish we did you know but hey it's all good we'll we'll just kind of figure it out it's all good and look we overcome a two interception day from Tua. Get a win on the road before we come home and have a big game against buffalo who's playing tonight they're one and oh Let's see. Their first victory was against who? the Rams. It was against the Rams. That's to open an the NFC season. team. And now they're playing an AFC team in the Titans, but it's not even in their division. They lost to the Titans last uh, two years ago, I think. Well, right? they were, yeah, the Titans have been a playoff team. 
Uh, that was, I think, two years ago. But, um, yeah, I think the, the Bills, I think they're going to take this game against the Titans. I think they're a machine. They're rolling right now, and it's going to be perfect. It's going to be great storylines going into the next week. Two AFC East teams, you know, 2-0, and the fight for the division. Buffalo is, you know, the reigning defending champion. Right. We got to get through them, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. Um, I'm excited, man. I just hope that it, it's a competitive game. That's what all we want out of these Dolphins: go out there and compete. We don't want a blowout of any sorts. Sure. That's what we're gonna hang our hats and go. What the hell? What have we been hyped about this whole time? I just think that for this game, coming off this victory for this Bills game is going to be such a confidence boost. And we're really going to go into this Hell game yeah. with a real belief that this team is legit and we can hang with whoever, right? Especially if we're playing at home. And I called it before the season even started. It's on tape. You guys can go rewind it and check it all out. I literally said that this is the game that we can beat Buffalo. We're playing at home. It's early in the season. It's going to be hella hot, maybe even raining. Our type of game. And, and <clears throat> if we go out there and run the ball, like we know we can, the offensive line can keep Tua standing up. That's going to bode really well for us. That's now, be a tough I, task I, I, right there. absolutely, because um, Von you Miller, know, Vic, dog. Greg Russo, nah, Vic B, they got killers on that on that that pass rush, bro. Absolutely, they do. And and Vic hit me with a crazy stat from those guys. Um, give me one second while I if find. We it can here. get somebody out there like a rabid fan or something to go out there and take one of those guys out. Just you know, just put them in a chokehold or something. So listen to this. Bills have seven sacks against the defending champs with zero blitzes. Only the Giants and Jaguars were worse than Miami in allowing non-blitz pressure in week one. I don't know how we did in week two, but that just means that Buffalo's defensive line can create pressure without having to send an extra man. So that means there's an extra man back there defending Tool and possibly double-teaming Waddle or Hill or both of those guys at the same time. Yeah, and you got to have your running back picking up blocks because I think I saw a couple missed blocks this weekend. Alex Ingold, this one. Yes, but he played good, too. He played good. He made, yeah, he played yeah. real good. He made some good blocks. He played, he's playing his role. He played played good. He made some blocks, made a couple of catches, had a had a rush, I think, for a first down, too. You're right, because there was that little copycat play that Mike McDaniels ran, right? That yeah. Harbaugh called it. it he was called that, the fullback. It was Andrews where he kind of comes in motion and just takes the snap and right. just does the sneak. And then we literally played this. That was dope, right. dog. This guy has... Hornets dog They keep saying it We gotta get the wheelbarrow For this guy man McDaniels is that dude He's not scared And look at the two coaches He just beat Super Bowl coach Super Bowl coach Now he's facing a Team that's supposed to be Playing in the Super Bowl Impressive Another rookie coach That he's going up against And Brian Dable Like No no He's not going up against Brian Dable Dable's in the Giants Yeah you're right He's in the Giants now uh, He's going up against uh, What's the dude's name Vic's gonna kick my ass For not knowing yeah, it Yeah I can't But whatever It's a Bills coach It doesn't matter It doesn't matter But um No I'm kidding I, I just feel like uh, um, that f- this game is a very winnable game for the Bill, for the Dolphins. Very winnable. Very winnable. We're going to be at home coming off a huge victory. A lot of confidence rolling around in Tool and in that offensive line. If we can just run the ball more, man, like Martin said, it, that might just be the key. And if we can get some type of extra production from Gaseki, right? Because if the Bills continue to not blitz, then the one-on-one matchup is going to be between the, the, whoever's playing tight end and whatever running back we have out there. Yeah. And we got to make sure that we take advantage of that. So it's uh, Sean McDermott. I knew um, it was Sean something. I was going to say McVay, but that's not him. No, Sean McDermott. Um, Punk-ass <clears throat> McDermott. <laughs> I think that no matter what we do, I, I think we can't. We don't have that blocking group. 
Yeah. Right. We, we, you know, later on in the game, as fatigue sets in and we can buy a little more time, maybe that's what happened this past week, you know, with the Dolphins. Uh, the, the Ravens just got tired throughout the game or I don't know, whatever happened there. But um, I think with us, we need to get the ball out quicker. Yeah. I think we need to do something. You know, I, I think we're actively already doing that, right? I think it's not, this isn't rocket science, but when Tua has the ball in his hand longer than two and a half seconds, let's say. Or even a second bad, and a half. Shit. Bad things happen. We need to be able to get that ball out or create plays where, where Tua can throw on the run and, and kind of set, set different looks up against this Buffalo Bills D because these guys are lightning fast on every end. I mean, their, their DBs are great. Their, their linebackers, I mean, they got Von Miller at the pass rush from the linebacker position they got a great d-line i mean they they play defense that's what the bills do and then on offense they have a juggernaut in, in josh allen yeah. and that guy and just Diggs. runs amok so we need to be able one on offense get rid of the ball quick quick right yep. we need to be able to do that and then on defense we got to contain josh allen i said we got to contain lamar jackson to win this last game josh allen is a must contain because that guy can stretch the field with his arm and his legs. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that's the key. Stopping him from making those runs and getting those first downs. Because if we can solely make him a passer, then that bodes well for us, right? We'll be better situated as far as our coverage go, and then possibly our rush can get there. But you're right. The the defensive interior defensive linemen and the linebackers are going to play a major role in stopping Jason Allen. They have to be able to Josh. tackle him. Josh Allen, always the same thing. They have to be able to stop him by tackling him before he can get five yards on any play. You see this dude take off, you need to get at him and take him down. No excuses for missing being the first guy there and missing the tackle. We need we need Martin's boy Raekwon to like <laughs> to step lay up. the wood on him one no, no, no just like one time, like be able to catch him. Uh, take bro, a 15 yard refrigerator hits Josh Allen, bro. I know Josh Allen's a big dude. He's a big dude. But that might that might make him think twice about running it up the gut again or something. You know what I mean? We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out, man. B- Sunday. You know, this Sunday big coming game. up, big game for the Dolphins. Give me your prediction, bro. Oh, come on, dog. Why do we even got to do this? I want to score. No. I want to score. You want a score prediction. I want a score right. prediction. Obviously, I you're picking the Dolphins every game. I'm taking the Dolphins every every single game. Just I know that. You got to know that. All right. Um, score. Dolphins are winning this game at home mm-hmm. against the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Final score. Mm-hmm. Let them know. <laughs> 26 22. There it is. 26-22. Interesting. Interesting take, sir. Interesting take. I'm going to say it's a little bit low scoring affair. I'm going to have the Dolphins winning 21-17. Okay. 21-17. Because I feel like both teams are going to try to run the ball as much as they can, right? Uh, Bills need to get their running game going. Dolphins need to get their running game going. More carries, right? Not going because it's doing well. They need to get more carries, but um, that's where I think the battle is going to be in the trenches. Sure. In the trenches, man. Either I, I mean, I hope Allen throws it. You know, more picks for Xavier Howard, and he knows he has to step up because he dropped a pick six this past weekend. So he's due. Yeah, he's yeah, due. That would. I'm one. just saying he's doing. He's due. For a pick six. I he agree. dropped the one last week. He'll probably get it this week. I agree, but he's going to have a tough task in uh, Stefan Diggs. 
Hey, that guy's light work. <laughs> I don't know, dog. Slip on nah, that a guy's dog. a beast, man. That guy's a beast, man. Yeah, boy, the dog. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll be there to wrap it up for you guys on the post-game show, OnlyFans. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check that out. Drop a comment. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, let's move on to collegiate affairs, right? Okay. We got the Hurricanes losing this past weekend to Texas A&M in a weird, weird game. We lose 17-9 to where the Hurricanes could not put anything together offensively, bro. I know that I was frustrated watching the game, right? I'm pretty sure you and the rest of Hurricanes Nation were frustrated. And and the main thing that I walked away with from that game is like how Tyler Van Dyke played, right? This is the guy who's supposed to be the leader on this team, the one who is the, you know, first-round quarterback, projected to do this, that, and the other, Heisman. potential Heisman candidate, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, all this good stuff, which I'm not saying that he's not still that, but that's the guy that we rely on. That's the guy who we're expecting to do the the best. And he he just didn't have it. Through two games, through three games, I, I wouldn't say that he's – I mean, maybe one of the games he looked pretty good, but – you know, this isn't what we expected as a Hurricanes fan coming into the season. Right. He doesn't have the tools that he had last year. Last year, You know, he did lose Rambo and Harley. And then in this one particular game, he didn't have his roommate in Restrepo. Who's out six weeks. And that showed, man. Restrepo's a big, not a big target, but a big target in, in like four. No, Van he's Dyke. huge for this offense. You know what I mean? No, I meant in, in like the stature. You know, I mean, no. he's not big in stature. Right, right, right. But he he's big on that offense and he wasn't playing. So... He didn't really have anybody, man. There was, like, a lot of timing issues, you know, where he kind of expected a guy to be somewhere and, and wasn't getting that. Um, and they really weren't getting anything on the run game, you know, where they weren't able to run the ball against Texas A&M, which was, you know, made it tough to set up play action and stuff. They could just read almost every single play. Yeah, they, they did get the running game going, but not enough to break a, break a play, right? Because... Uh, Henry Parrish, he had 16 carries. Jalen Knighton had 14 carries. They both had 85 and 77 yards, respectively. That's right. They almost had But they couldn't inch. break anything. They couldn't break a long 20-yard They were all for tough touchdown. yards. They were, they were all, all fighting for, yeah. those fight, for those yardage. You know what I mean? And fighting to break through the initial tackle and then get to the secondary before their safeties took us down. Um, Tyler Van Dyke, man, you know, 21 of 41, 217 yards, zero touchdowns, zero INTs. Underwhelming. Very underwhelming, right? For all the, for the, for the hype that he was, not the hype, but like for what we know that he can do. And it's like you alluded to, he hasn't really shown it yet this season where he puts a performance together and everybody's like, damn, Tyler Van Dyke, you're that dude. We still haven't seen that yet. You know, it may be the, maybe it's a little bit in his own head. Maybe it's the wide receivers and him not having that rapport with them. But you definitely saw that he wasn't comfortable, definitely didn't have as, nowhere near as much confidence in the rest of the wide receivers because he made a lot of throws that were on the money, like literally hitting dudes in their hand, and they were just getting dropped. You know, and, and any quarterback in any college, any level, you know, NFL, college, doesn't matter. When you're throwing passes to your receivers and it's hitting their hands and they're dropping it, that shit kills you as a quarterback. You're going to get up and shake it off and play the next play and, and make the same throw, but it kills your confidence in that guy. And then that one split second where you're thinking, damn, should I throw it to this guy? You're thinking, is he going to catch it? And that's not a good position to be for a quarterback. Matt Mallory was the the best receiver that they had on the day. Yep. Six catches, 56 yards. And one of those, and I think he had a long catch too. 21 was his longest one. You see? So that's a chunk of his yardage. Right. 
The other five would have been, what, 35 yards or whatever? Underwhelming, bro, like you said. And it's surprising because a lot of these wide receivers were high recruits, right? They just haven't had the time on the field, you know, to play, especially in that atmosphere. I think it was the third largest crowd that Texas A&M has had. Yeah, the college for a game. I think it was like 103. 100, yeah, they had 103,000 there. 100,000, yeah. You know, that's... A lot of people yeah. screaming. So obviously they had their issues on the offense. Tyler Van Dyke yeah. struggled. You know, receivers there really weren't any. Yet you looking back, the run game was okay, but they just didn't get complimented by a good throw. You know, passing game, and then also on the other side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball, we could not stop their run game Dude, at all. Nothing. That kid Devon Aiken or whatever his name is, Murdered eighteen us. carries, eighty-eight yards. Murdered us. Didn't have any touchdowns on the ground. I think he had one. Yeah, he had a receiving touchdown for twenty-five yards. He but caught that and broke. Through everybody for the touchdown his longest run was 22 yards like he was just going through everybody breaking tackles left and right we just couldn't like why can't the hurricanes tackle i i, I, I didn't think this was a historic issue for the hurricanes but right. now it's starting to seem like the last 10 years we cannot tackle three weeks in a row man where i happen to just notice it how much the first guy gets through right and that's not a good sign for the defense especially when you're supposed to be the Kind of like the solid foundation for this for this program or this team. It's not looking like it. There's and I, and it doesn't make sense because I know that the coaches must harp on it, right? We got Jason Taylor out there coaching these guys. Ed Ogeron is out there coaching these guys. There's no way Ed that you're Reed. telling me that these guys are not being taught the proper technique and how to make those hits and make those tackles. We just got to be smarter about it, yeah, man. you know. And we saw a lot of penalties on the defense. Oh my god! We saw that an, a stupid penalty with a guy trying to slam him. You can tell that he was frustrated. Right. But come on, how many? Every time I see that penalty, that's one of the dumbest penalties. Like, I, I want to shoot my TV every time I see that penalty because that's like the dumbest penalty. Why would you do that? You know what I mean? Just stop. Just let them go. Drop them. Don't even, don't even put your body into them. You know what I mean? You're, like, not, wait. you're not changing the game there. You're not changing the game there. If anything, you're just messing. You're, a, you're making yourself look bad, obviously. And then B, you're setting ourselves, ourselves back as a team because yeah. now we got that penalty on top of the catch and whatever the guy just had. So dumb. I felt like the entire momentum of the game changing that first quarter. As soon as uh, we muffed that punt and they got that ball back, it was over for us. It was over for it us. It shouldn't have been, though, it man. It shouldn't have been, but A&M, such a I young like, team. gave the Not Hurricanes so many opportunities They're to trash. get back in it. They did. Bro, we dominated those guys offensively. We had 27 first downs, but we were 5 of 14 on third downs. So we couldn't get it done when it mattered. You know, time of possession, 34 minutes to 25 minutes. That's Those are things that, like, shows that you were able to move the ball, drive whenever you wanted to, but instead of coming away with six points or seven points, you're kicking field goals. Mind you, we had Borales miss the field goal and have a field goal blocked. That's another six points, so maybe we would have been 17 or 15. But we're still relying on the special teams, yeah. right, that's not playing well. Not him necessarily, but, like, everybody, everybody else on that aspect – Right with the kickoff coverage and stuff like that, we couldn't get anything going right for us, man. Nothing couldn't get a turnover when we needed it. We were able to get critical stops on third down to get the ball back, right? But every time we got the ball back, we'd move it, move it, move it, move it, stall out. It felt like somebody was learning how to drive clutch with the offense, right? They get it in first gear, all right, all right, we're doing good. Get it in second gear, all right, all right, give us some speed, and it would stall out every single time. It was the, you know, one of the worst red zone 
performances that I've seen from this Hurricanes team. Not necessarily this Hurricanes team, just as like as a program. Because I expect a little bit more with this from this team, especially with the quarterback that we have. He's obviously been the best quarterback that we've had in like the last five, six, eight years, right? As far as potential, ability, uh, smarts, having all the the points that you want to have on a checklist. Like sure. TVD is that dude, right? And that's really good. But I expected more from him, and it, and it just looked did. it just looked Everybody underwhelming. Did. Well, I mean, now that loss kicks the the Hurricanes down to twenty fifth in the rankings. Yep. You know, just barely in the top twenty five. Barely last spot in the tw- top twenty five. Uh, we have a couple easy games. We always said this was the tougher one of the of our schedule. Yeah. Um. But you know, I'm looking at FSU, man, and FSU still winning. They won a garbage game, you yep. know, on Friday where they ended up winning, and you know, I they think, were in a battle, but they ended up winning. I think. I think this is, you know, good. You know, you lose to a tough opponent like this, and, and, and in the fashion that you lose, you didn't get whooped. It wasn't like when we lost to Bama, right, where mm. Bama whooped us. It was like we kind of beat ourselves almost, you know. Yeah. Like we just – we have the the potential and the firepower, and we just didn't complete the task. And, and I think now with this loss, that should piss some people off in that oh, locker yeah. room. Come out, have some big wins, and, and I think it's – you know, the, the ACC championship is still up for grabs, right? Absolutely. I mean, like, look, we haven't really started conference play yet. Um, Clemson is 1-0 in the conference. So is FSU, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. Uh, Louisville is not that good. They're 0-2. Uh, Boston College lost the game in that, in that division, and so did Georgia Tech. Those are all games that I expect the Hurricanes to win, including the FSU game, okay? Including yep. the FSU yep. game. So <clears throat> everything that I see with this team shows me that we have something going. We just need to put it together. Again, total yards, time of possession, rushing yards, everything. Everything points to the Hurricanes' favor. The only thing that was missing was execution, whether it was on defense, special teams, or offense. We couldn't execute properly. And hopefully, hopefully, Mario Cristobal and his staff can make the changes necessary in these next couple of weeks before this conference play really starts to pick up. And we find ourselves in these matchups against a Georgia Tech, a Duke, uh, FSU, whatever, Clemson. And we, and we have to get... Not necessarily a, a, a critical t- a touchdown or something like that, but we need to execute. We're yeah. up. Hey, we need to keep running the ball and kill right. the clock and get first downs. Yeah. Oh, we need to come back? Cool. Let's throw. Let's make sure we catch the ball, get out of bounds. No stupid penalties. Those type of things. Okay. I want to see the play clean up a lot. And hopefully this next game against Middle Tennessee can help. But let's be honest. It's not an, uh, no. a tough but challenge, what, so to speak, so, right? So in, in my opinion, as far as rankings are concerned and what the rest of the season looks like for the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. will a victory against Middle Tennessee do anything for us? Maybe. No, it won't move the needle. You uh, have to, will, uh, a, will a loss affect us? Hell Absolutely. Yeah. you got to go out there and blow them out. Exactly. So my point to that is what I expect for this Hurricane team come this Saturday against Middle Tennessee is a blowout victory in the first half of the game where you can take Tyler Van Dyke out. He's already proven. All right, I'm back to my my Heisman candidate, you know, conversation. I'm three quarters. Uh, Jake, you get in there and take the rest of the game because we're up 35. 45 to zero. Yeah, 35 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's the only way that we do that. For sure. I'm, I'm in a 120% agreement with you. But I will say this. You, I would prefer to keep TVD in the game all the way up until the fourth, if that's the case. Sure, but you also because don't want I need him to get hurt. I don't care. I need him to get his swag back. I need him to get that confidence back and really become a leader for this Hurricanes team. It's not enough to have the accolades, to have the hype, to be the guy, the number one QB. It's that that's not enough. You have to go out there and make the plays. You have to go out there and really 
make yourself known to these UM fans as a legend. Be a legend because everything that they said about you shows that you have the tools. Go out there and be a legend. And that's not tough to say about. Like, that's not hard because you know what? When Jake Garcia steps into the spot, he's going to have that same take. Well, we got to go in there and be like, all right, Jake, you've been having handed the keys to a Ferrari. Go for it, kid. Get us a national championship. I'm not saying that TVD has to win this national championship, but you have to look like the guy. You have to be the guy throwing over 350 yards with three touchdowns every single game. Win or lose, that's okay, dude. But go out there and put up the performance. Yeah. Well, receivers got to do their part too, though, man. I mean, look, this Middle Tennessee game is like a a real practice because then after that it's North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia, Florida State, Georgia Tech, all ACC, Clemson, and uh, Pitt to end the season. All ACC. Like, this is goal time now. There's no more practices. Yeah, the preseason is done. Done. This last. This is the last. You had your first game. Se- game of the season and you lost. And you lost on the road. Okay. Right. Sh- brush that off and let's go to work. Bounce back. Show me that bounce back. You know, go out there and blow these guys out. Hell yeah. You know, let's see Saturday. We'll watch it three thirty on the ACC network. Don't ask me for a prediction. <laughs> Don't ask me. For Hurricane seventy five, Middle Tennessee ten. 10. Yeah, Boom. that was look, it. Look at that. Look that at was that. It. That was literally it. Unrehearsed. Holy shit. Unrehearsed. That's unbelievable. That was literally what I was gonna say. <laughs> seventy five to ten. What were we talking about earlier, bro? Don't we got even, that synergy, dog. Come even, on, man. Come on, come on. Oh my god, that's wild. That's wild. Look at me getting wild. Yeah, that's too uh, hype. That's too hype. Big out time. Here. Let's pivot, right? Let's pivot and uh, let's finish up with the Triple G Canelo fight Saturday. Super. Like the I'm, trilogy, yeah, the trilogy. I'm like, all right, Hurricanes lost, that's over with. You know, I got my notes down for the show. Let me at least watch this nice fight. Hopefully, Canelo knocks this guys out, guys out in six rounds, and I can go to sleep early. Bruh, what a snooze fest! For so you 12, did go to sleep early, yeah, twelve rounds, bro. By the eleventh, oh, you stuck it out all the like way this. through the twelfth round. Ugh, I was doing the nod. You know when your dad is sleeping yep. on the couch and he's like, "Daddy, go to bed." No, no, no. I'm watching this. <laughs> You're talking about. I'm watching this. That's exactly what I was doing in the eleventh round. I was like, "Yeah, pake, man." We're like throwing the towel. You know, like let's, yeah, let's, man. We, we know what's happening here. And Canelo gets the unanimous decision. Beats Triple G in the trilogy, three and zero, officially. And I just thought that Triple G looked old. You know. He looked in though. shape. Didn't he looked we, amazing. Didn't we say it last week? But he looked old. He's what thirty nine, and he had no answers for anything that Canelo threw at him, bro. What, what was he gonna? What was he supposed to do? Did, did, did go we see all this out. going anything anything different? Yeah, because you know, I don't think he has anything else to to, to give. No, but look, if 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 you're forty years old, right, you're on the verge of retirement. You you know that this is your last big payday, your last big fight. Your your name in the headlights, bro. Go out. You know what I mean? Go out like a warrior, bro, on your shield. And he did, for the most part. He w- he went in there and took some serious punishment. Canelo had him in real, real problems in between those fourth and sixth rounds, where Canelo hurt him early, uh, was landing some vicious left hands in the hooks, uh, worked the body, and just had, you know, Triple G playing defense the whole time, pretty much, while Canelo was picking him off. And in that f- fifth round, I think he really hurt him. But credit to Triple G. Obviously, he's a wily vet. He knows exactly how it feels when he's hurt, knows right. what to do, um, and did an excellent job Extending of boxing it. his way out of it. He boxed his way out of it. He sure. didn't fight his way out of it. He boxed his way out of it, which was obviously, you know, credit to Triple G. But I'm thinking that Canelo was going to turn up and put the pressure and say, let me get this guy out of here. And it didn't look like Canelo was was really down for that. It looked like he found some type of respect 
for Triple G within that fight and was like, all right, let me just give this guy the business, one, two, three, one, two, three, and not really put myself in danger where if this guy goes bananas, he can potentially hurt me or knock me out. And I don't got to hurt him either. Exactly. No matter what. You know what I mean? He kind of already knew the the, the fight was in the bag by the sixth round, man. Maybe it is. It could be that, you know. It also could be put on your tinfoil hat here, you know. It could be the fact that he's paid a little bit better to take the fight, you know, all 12 rounds, you know. That's 12 rounds of sponsorships, you know, and, and eyeballs on your sponsors and stuff like that. So, he's if you know, he, he may be incentivized. Like, hey, man, you know, if you knock him out, yeah, that's cool. But if you let the fight go all 12 rounds, it's even better. <laughs> like, he let his cousin bet for him. Like, hey, bet the fight going on 12 rounds, unanimous decision. Yeah, or don't maybe it's that. Take this 100 million. Maybe he's gambling on Don't himself. say nothing. Um, I doubt it, but whatever. Like, I, I just felt like Triple G could have brought more to the fight. Sure. Right? You're the you're the underdog. Nobody's expecting nothing of you. Go out there and give it all you got, man. You have a bunch of fans in the stands and shit like that from his from his country. Like, go out there, bro. And I just don't think that he really wanted to put himself in danger. And that's okay, too, because he's 40 years old. I understand it. Triple G, I would have, uh, for Canelo, I would have liked for him to go after the knockout. You hurt him, go for the knockout. That's your job right now. And that's why I don't think he's going to make uh, pound for pound, number one. No, we were talking, that was, that was enlightening last week, our conversation that we had about you know what I mean? the top five. And, and, and even if you after, saw the fight. After this win, it definitely doesn't make you go, oh, yeah, he's he's definitely one or two. He's not even in that conversation. No. And even if you didn't watch the fight, right? Let's say you didn't watch the fight. And I tell you, hey, Canelo beat Triple G, 12 rounds, unanimous decision, didn't really knock him down, didn't do nothing. You'd be like, damn, that's, that's kind of weird, kind of lackluster. Oh, 40-year-old Triple G? He's 39. And a prime Canelo, yeah. right? No, that's not the, that's not the outcome. So uh, it's fair for him not to be number one or not not even in the top three because I would put Fury ahead of him. Fury has been impressive in every single fight, knocking dudes out, finishing dudes. That's what you do when you're the champion. When you're the best and and you want to be number one, you finish dudes. That Bantam guy, go look up how many knockouts he has. Go look it up. That's the guy. That's how you earn your stature, greatest, number one, and keep it. You finish, dudes. And I'm sure whoever finishes the fight between Spencer and Crawford, if it does happen, right, when it does happen, that dude is going to be number one for a long time because they're going to see the strength of schedule, quote-unquote, and be like, damn, this dude finished somebody who's right. important. Canelo hasn't finished anybody who's on that top 10 list or mm. even close to that top 20. So That hurts him. I, yeah, it hurts him. And I was expecting him to go out there and, and, and put somebody out. Now is, I'm interested to see what type of fight he's going to pull up next. Is he going to fight the Charlo bro- one of the Charlo brothers? I don't know. Does he go back and go after Bitrov after he beat, after he lost? Maybe not because that jump up is kind of hard for him. Let's see. There's some interesting fights that can be made, but nothing that jumps out at me, you know, off, the, off rip. What about Triple G? Does he retire after a fight like this? Bro, I think he did retire. I just want to confirm, but if he didn't, he has to think about retirement right now because, like, what more can he do, right? You went against one of the best who just came off a loss, and you're trying to catch him in a trilogy fight and beat him, right? And you came up drastically short. What else can you prove? How are you going to get back to the top, right? Are you going to be that impressive in your next three fights where you knock out people in the first five rounds? To then get another shot? I don't think so. Right. So, and even for for yourself, do you want to be a gatekeeper? Do you want to fight a dude who's up and coming and 28 years old, dying to knock your head off? I don't think that's a fight you want to take. 
where you're expected to lose or, even, or at worst get knocked out. If you're Triple G, you got to think about the exit right now, man. Your your legacy is set, right? You lost to Canelo, one of the greatest boxers of all time, so there's no shame in that. You held the belt for, and you defended the belt no, successfully. No, his, his legacy successfully. secured. Secure, bro. Like, what What more do you want yeah. out of this if you're Triple G? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. I think he, that's it. I think you just go off into the sunset. You call it a career after that. Yeah, man. You gotta you gotta call that a a, a a fight, a career, and just say, yo, I'm I'm riding off into the sunset, man. I'm riding off into the sunset. But let's see. We got interesting news, you know, between that Spence and Crawford fight. We know that they agreed to terms. Um, the fight still hasn't been announced as far as a date or where it's gonna be. But the, that's a good sign that they are at least, you know, agree to Working terms towards it. and are aware of what is at stake for each other if you win this fight. And I'm I'm hundred percent sure that this this is a fight that's going to be a trilogy, right? Because that has to be worked into the contract where there's an automatic rematch clause if this dude wins or if this dude wins, right? Doesn't that I, make I, sense? It makes sense. I mean, for those two fighters, I mean, I think we're all going to depending on how the first fight goes. If it's if it's something like a complete domination by one guy, I mean, Oof. I don't know if we want to see that, you know, but I don't think that's what's going to happen with these two guys. No, it could These end. are two of the best. Yeah, and it could end in a knockout, right? That yeah. wouldn't be like a, a crazy thing for uh, either yeah. one of these guys to knock each other out. Yep. I don't think so. Yeah, and if it does, if it does, if it is one punch, it's like, all right, then, yeah, we can't, we can't run it back. But I'm talking about, right. like, if it's a total domination, like seven, eight rounds or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, pitching a shutout, and then I knock you out nasty in the ninth. Yeah, maybe Baba, I don't know if that. I'm going to see that again. You That's know? true. If that knockout comes in the first or second round, different story, but. All, just the fact that all the belts are going to be on the line is like love it man there's too I many fucking it, belts in boxing anyways yeah there's a bunch bro a bunch but you know what i want to see the best fight the best man i want to see the best fight the best because if not what's the point what's the point of being up there you know yeah absolutely by the way uh in igwe inawe the bantam yeah, 23 and 0 with 20 knockouts that's how you. That's, that's how you make your name. That's how you st- stay and, and you at number think, two in the as a bantam fighter. You dude. wouldn't think that a bantam weight would have that many knockouts, right? He's cleaning dudes out, dog. He has that power. Yes, sir. You know, and look, Crawford, twenty nine knockouts. Earl Spence, twenty eight and 0, 22 knockouts. You, you gotta knock these people out, man. You gotta knock these people out. If not, it ain't gonna work for you, bro. I I don't see Canelo being in the top five again after this fight. Let's see. Let's see. Um. I think we can wrap this up, man. We got a big weekend ahead in sports. We got the Hurricanes playing Saturday. We got Heat preseason starting pretty soon. Panthers are starting their preseason this weekend. We got hockey back, basketball back. I feel like all of sports is back. Yeah. And, and everything is right. And baseball's, wait, and baseball's leaving. So, yeah, everything's almost ready. Yeah, everything's almost ready, man. The Marlins... I mean, we don't talk, yeah, man, we don't talk about enough of those guys, but you know what? They haven't really given us much to talk about, about. except for Sandy. And it's kind of, it's kind of messed up that all we talk about is Sandy when we talk about the Marlins. That's all we can't talk about. It's kind of disappointing though, right? That the Marlins couldn't really do a lot with the opportunity that was given to them, right? Where they had the national attention or at least the attention of all the local fans here. Right before the all-star break, man, that's where it all started going downhill. Yep. And people were getting behind the team, man. You know, people started to watch more. They had some interesting players. Guys were doing good, and they couldn't put it together. And then, um, just like in the rest yeah, of jazz, jazz being here for the history. whole season, I heard that us killed too. us. Yeah. That killed us, man. Gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something next year, man. Gotta turn this thing around. Yeah, man. You know what? We'll probably do a spring training game. That'll be dope. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. 
but let's <laughs> wrap this up, man, and tell the people to tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. Yeah, matter of fact, while they're at it, tell another friend. Tell all your friends about this amazing podcast and what we got going on here. We're bringing you live shows, post-game coverage, different interviews, so much stuff, man. Content coming to you all the time from all different angles and most importantly we're asking you guys to follow us on social media and tell a friend to tell a friend to do that make sure to hit that youtube subscribe comment and like button and until next time peace, peace.